Well, Pastor Daniels asked me to speak this morning, and uh, so we're going to connect what he was sharing last week. And if you didn't hear the message last week, you need to go online and listen to it. Amazing message on discipleship. Next week, we start the series on discipleship, and we're learning how to be disciples. And even more than that, we're learning how to disciple others. And so I'd like to kind of share this in-between message here today and ask you a few questions and uh, challenge you if I possibly can. Are you connected? That's a question that deserves an answer. Are you connected to Jesus? Yeah, that's why we're here this morning. I don't know about you, but uh, back here in the back, we have a new tree. You see the new tree? Actually, it's a new whole thing that has, thank you very much, all kinds of stuff, but it reminds me of the vine and the branches. And if you're connected to Jesus, you're connected in the right way. Hallelujah. And so, are you connected with Jesus? The second question that goes beyond that is, are you connected with others? That's where we need to be. In fact, uh, we need to grow in this, and that's why we have community groups meeting every uh, other week. For the next year, we're going to do this. And so if you aren't in a community group, let me encourage you to step forward in that. And I guess the last question that I want to share with you this morning before we get into the Word is, are you connected with Grace Point? Now, you're here this morning, so in some way you're connected, but I'd like to challenge you to be even greater connected. A few uh, months ago, we had this card, I'm All In, and we asked people to sign up. If you want to be involved in Grace Point, if you want to be connected here, you need to be serving in some capacity. And so there are a number of of places you can start on the weekend and uh, start to share, and if you haven't filled that out, let me encourage you to do that. That's the first step toward becoming involved in the community here at Grace Point, involved in the church here at Grace Point. And so I trust you're doing that. In Matthew chapter number 16, Jesus is asking the disciples, who am I? And uh, they said, well, some think that you're uh, John the Baptist, some think you're Elijah, some think you're Jeremiah, all kinds of things that people thought Jesus was. And then finally he asked them the question, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter, he had the biggest mouth of all the disciples, right? So he responded, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. That was an amazing statement, that he actually knew that this was Jesus, the son of God. And many times the disciples didn't have the answers. They didn't know what to say. They were confused about the things that Jesus was saying. But he came out with that statement, and out of that statement, Jesus said, on your confession, some people think it's on Peter, but it's really upon that confession, upon that rock, I will build my church. That's the focus of what Jesus came to do. That's why I ask you those questions to begin with. If we're connected with Jesus, we need to be connected with others, and we need to be connected with a local church. So you're here this morning, and so I'm talking to you. If you're not a part of Grace Point Gospel Fellowship as a member, you should be if this is where God has brought you. So listen to the message and maybe by the time we get to the end you'll say, yeah, that's what I need to do. So let me start with, I will build my church. Jesus gave us a number of things that we could think about that tell us that he is interested in building his church. Now we know that his church is global and sometimes we think, well, I'm a part of the global church. Well, he also 
connected people together in community and they became the church at Thessalonica, the church at Colossae, the church at Ephesus, the church in Jerusalem. There was a local expression of the church of Jesus Christ. And we, Grace Point, are a local expression of Jesus Christ here in the county of Rockland. And hopefully you're growing in that expectation, that discipleship, that ability to share the love of Jesus Christ in such a way that you register and connect with who we are as a community, as a people here. In the book of Revelation, chapter number one, verse 12 and 13, uh, Jesus, his picture here is that he is walking among the candlesticks. There are seven of them, and he's in the midst of the seven candlesticks. Those are the seven churches in Asia. He's right in the middle of them. And let me tell you this morning, if you haven't felt him already, he is in the middle here at Grace Point as we're gathered together. He's right here. He knows who we are. He's calling us to come and be a greater part of what he's doing. In Acts chapter 15, verse 14, they were going through some difficulties in the church, and it was a particular council up in Antioch, actually, and out came the statement, God's first priority is to gather together the church of Jesus Christ. That's his first priority. That's what he wants to accomplish. That's what he wants to do. He says, I will build my church. Jesus also identified himself with the church when Paul, the apostle, there in Acts chapter number 15, uh, Acts 9, was persecuting the church, and along came Jesus, knocked him off of his horse. He lands on the ground, and he sees a bright light, and he says, Lord, who are you? And Jesus responds like this, I am the one that you are persecuting. Well, now wait a minute, Jesus, he's, Paul is persecuting people. He's not persecuting Jesus. But Jesus says, if you're persecuting my church, you're persecuting me. He is so connected. He is the vine, we're the branches, we're all connected together. In Ephesians chapter number five, verses 25 through 27, he talks about husbands, but he also talks about Jesus Christ. He says, husbands, love your wives just like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So that's how husbands ought to love their wives. Are you connected husbands to your wives? Oh, I hope so. (laughs) I hope you're laying down your lives for them. Uh, it's just such a joy to die to yourself and live for your partner. That's what God calls us to do. Not to have your own agenda, but to have together agenda. In fact, making the other person's agenda more important than yours. Amen. I got a couple amens here. I don't know about the guys in the back row. I haven't heard from them yet. But think about that. Is that God has called you to love your wife just like Jesus loved the church, gave herself up for her. And then the other scripture in Ephesians chapter one, verses 22 and 23, it says Jesus is the head of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him. We today, as we look around this room, we are the fullness of Jesus Christ. No comment. (laughs) That's what the scripture's saying. We are the fullness of who he is. You look around here and say, oh, we have some people here that I don't even know. 
Well, you need to get connected somewhere with some of the people here. We are a body of Christ. We are collectively together as his church. And he encourages us to get to know one another. I read a book one time, walk through the lobby slowly. <laughs> so you can meet other people in the body of Christ. Don't just come to services and then walk out the door. We need to connect with one another, not just on Sunday morning. We need to connect with, with one another throughout the week. We need to be here on Tuesday night, maybe on Wednesday night, maybe on other times when the church gathers together. We need to be together. And as you learn to know one another, I know there are many of you that call one another. That's a great thing. Check up on one another. Share with one another what's going on in your life. There's all kinds of ways in which we can continue to connect. And so I want to just take this phrase where Jesus said, I will build my church and give you then four things that come out of that. First of all is the promise. Jesus said, I will build my church. And then he goes on to the position, I will build my church. And then the possession, I will build my church. And then lastly, I will build my church. And that last one is his plan. He doesn't have any other plan. He came to build his church. That's his focus, that's where he begins, that's what he wants to accomplish in and through us, the people of God. And so I'm gonna take these four things and I'm asking you to connect. Will you connect with his will? Because he said, I will. In the scriptures it says, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. There's that relationship that God calls us into and that's called salvation. It's called relating to Jesus and letting him relate to you. When you open your heart to him, he comes to live within your life. He wants to be our confession. He says, come unto me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Anybody hear that lately? Over the next few months you're gonna hear that because most people will say, well, I'm a disciple. I don't need to really go through this discipleship process. Well, if you are a disciple, then you need to learn how to disciple somebody else. So not only do we need to be receiving from the Lord, we need to find other people around us that need him as well because we can share what God has given to us with them. In fact, you can't do anything more than that. Matthew chapter number 28 where it talks about the Great Commission. It says that we are to take and make disciples of all of the nations. It says in there, teaching them to obey all of the commandments that I've given to you. So whatever God said to you, you're now ready to disciple somebody else. That makes sense? So you're all able to do this. It's amazing what God has called us to do. He's called us to do the same things that he has done for years and years and years. Going on in a couple other scriptures, John chapter 14, verse 21 says, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. So he says there that I'll love you. Anybody feel loved this morning? Hallelujah. Anybody hear from Jesus yet today? He said, I'll disclose myself to you. 
Maybe out of the songs you've already heard that. Maybe out of just meeting together. You've already talked to somebody and somebody has said something to you that just rang a bell in your spirit, in your heart. You said, that's God speaking to me today. That ought to happen when we come together. How is it, brethren, when you come together, but one has a psalm and one has a hymn and one has a spiritual song? We have something to share with other people. And so walk through the lobby slowly. (laughs) See who God has you to interact with today because he loves you and he wants to disclose himself to you. Another verse there in John 16, 7 says, I will tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus says, I will, over and over in the scriptures. This is just a few of the scriptures. He says, if you'll draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Read those promises. It's many, many promises throughout the scripture. He doesn't want us to miss them. He says, I will build my church. It's his will to choose us. You're here this morning because God has chosen you. Do you know he chose you before you chose him? That's how it works. He comes and by his spirit works within us. He actually sent his Holy Spirit that we would know who he is and that we would respond to his will and receive the many, many promises that he has for us. Hallelujah. Well, he said, I will build my church. And so let's go on to the position. He says, I will build. Do you feel like you're ready to get built? (laughs) I was talking to my wife yesterday and I was saying, I must be getting older because I was doing some things and my body didn't feel like it wanted to cooperate and do those kind of things. She says, well, you know, you ought not to do just one project a month. You ought to be doing something every day. Leave it up to wives to help you out, you know. Uh, You need to be building something all the time in order to continue to function as a body. And that's what God has called us to be. So here in this first scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, it says this. You are God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. That's God's purpose. He wants to build the church of Jesus Christ. He wants to fit us together. I can't think of a better way to be fit together than having a community group and sit together every other week and go through this process of learning how to be a disciple and learning how to disciple other people. That's a great way to learn people, to get connected with one another, to actually be fitted together. Another one, obviously, is to serve. Find some place to serve in the body of Christ because a bunch of other people are doing the same thing, and you'll get to know them as well. And so that's how he's building his body. Some other scriptures, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9 says, For we are God's fellows workers, you are God's building. As you receive Christ and are now being built up in him and established in your faith, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. And then the one that I like the most I left for the last here, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 18 says this, Now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he 
desires. It's not up to us to choose a church. I know many people think that they can choose what church to go to. And you like this one for this, you like that one for that, you like the other for that. But what does Jesus want you to do? Where does Jesus want you to be? The word of God says that he places us, his members that are connected with him, with a particular local church. And I hope you understand that. You're not here this morning just because, ah, I think we'll go to Grace Point this morning. No, you're here this morning because God has placed you here. He wants you to hear the worship. He wants you to hear the message. He wants you to hear from other people in the body of Christ. He's placed us together. When I look back on my, on my Christian experience, I was saved when I was 17, and now I'm almost many years older than that. <clears throat> and so God has taken me from my home church where I knew that he brought me. That's where I gave my life to Jesus and I was there committed to that body until he said, okay, I want you to go and prepare yourself for ministry. I want you to go to Chicago, go to a Bible college. When I went to Chicago, I found a church and uh, it's called the Philadelphia Church and I gave myself to that body, to that church. And that's where I became a part and God led me there. And that's where I experienced God. Once in a while I'd visit other churches, but my home church is the Philadelphia Church in Chicago. They're the ones that ordained me. They're the ones that recognize what God was doing in my life. They're the ones that I have connection with. And then it goes on beyond that. When I finished Bible school, I taught at the Bible school, and then I prayed. <laughs> After being there two and a half years, I thought, God, is there anything else you want me to do? And God began to speak to me, and all kinds of invitations started to come from Alaska, believe it or not. No problem saying no to that one. Uh, <laughs> my home church and three or four other churches called me and wrote me and said, we'd like for you to come and help us and be on the pastoral staff here. Well, better pray about that. So as I prayed, God spoke to me, spoke to my wife, and we ended up going to Brooklyn, New York. And there we were for years because God had called us there. God places us in the body just as he desires. It's not up to us, it's up to him. We just need to find out his direction. I moved in from Brooklyn at a particular time, I was there 10 years and God led us over to New Jersey. We were there for 17, 18 years and then I just felt like God wanted us to do something else so I prayed. God does move you from place to place but you need to know where you are because God led you there. I remember I was ready to go out to minister in the Midwest and Pastor Carl called me, said, can we have breakfast together? And I said, sure, we often had breakfast together. Wonderful times. And uh, he asked me while we were at breakfast, he said, I know you're going out to the Midwest and I know you resigned already in New Jersey, but would you consider coming to New City Gospel at that time? Would you consider coming and helping here? And so while I was gone, I prayed, my wife prayed, and we just felt like this is God's calling on our hearts. And so when I came back, we answered the call, and now we've been here for like 21 years or so, and we're excited about what God's doing. I'm excited about his plan and his purpose, and I'm excited about what he's doing in the church. I'm excited about Pastor Dan taking the leadership a few years ago, and just seeing God move forward. 
I'm excited about you. I'm excited about each one of you that come and become a part here because I believe God has brought you here. And every once in a while I challenge a few people because they think they need to go somewhere else and I said, well, has God said that you should go somewhere else? If so, we want to celebrate with you and we want to pray that God will just bless you wherever he wants you to go. But not everybody left like that. Other people leave because, oh, I think I'd rather be here or I'd rather be there. Or rather. And then moving. Oh, my goodness. When you move somewhere, is that what God is asking you to do? Have you checked out the churches there yet? Do you know where God wants you to be involved in the, in the body of Christ, wherever you're going? I do hope you do that because that's God's plan. He doesn't have any other plan. He says, I will build my church. And so he's building us together as being what he wants us to be. And so we need to respond to that. I've got a few pictures I'd like to show you. We're called living stones, is what the word of God calls us. Now these stones aren't living, but you'll have to use your imagination here. They're not practicing distancing at all. They're, they're, they're piled on top of one another. And sometimes that's what I think the church is like, is we just come together for a meeting and we kind of pile next to one another and then we say, well, that, that's a great experience. Well, God wants us to have better experience than that. Then there are some people that want to be isolated all by themselves. And so the next picture is stone all by themselves. And some people actually think, you know, I, I just need to, Worship Jesus by myself. Well, you're not following God's direction. You're not following God's will because he came to build his church. You're just one of the living stones in the midst of that. And so I found another uh, picture, and the picture is really a little bit, uh, you have to use your imagination to pour this as well, but that's what he wants to do with the stones. He wants to fit them together he wants to build us into a dwelling of God. And I don't know if you can see it, but there's a dove right in the middle of the roof up there, meaning the Holy Spirit is over that. That's what he's doing. He's building us into a church, into the body of Christ, so that we can invite other people into this place and we can share that with them. Now, he puts us in a particular place, and so all of those stones were there, but they're not living stones. We happen to be living stones. And so you have to use your imagination as you look at that picture, but he's building us into a structure and it's out of living stones that declare who he is in our midst. So God bless you as you find your place in the body of Christ. We need to be connected a little bit further. We need to be connected to his possession. And this may be hard for some people, uh, I know some people I talk to, they don't really understand this, but we are his possession. The word of God says we're no longer our own, and we'll get to that. Jesus gave himself to redeem us and to purify for himself a people for his own possession. Titus chapter 2. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. He owns us. In fact, the next verse says this. Do you not know that you are not your own? I underline that. Maybe you want to underline that. <laughs> you no longer belong to yourself. You have been called by God to be a part of his kingdom, 
a part of his community, a part of his church. And he's brought you together that you might be living stones among one another that you know that Jesus is the one that owns your life. Jesus is the one that directs your life. Jesus is the one that has an agenda for you. You need to get up in the morning and say, Lord Jesus, what is your agenda for me today? Now, if you have a job, I can tell you right away, go to your job. Nope, no, nope, no nope, problem. Wisdom from above, it says, is first pure, and then it's simple. God's direction is not complicated. It's very easy. He says, my sheep, hear my voice. We need to hear what he's saying, or we're our own possession. If you get up in the morning and you say, ah, what should I do today? You're asking the wrong question. <laughs> you need to be asking, Lord Jesus, what's your plan today? What's your agenda? What do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to call? Who do you want me to connect with? Because you have a purpose and plan for my life. I know you do. Because you've made me a living stone among your community, among your church. Hallelujah. He's a great God, isn't he? Well, we're almost down to the end. <laughs> it says we need to be connected to his plan. He says, I will build my church scripture calls us to be called the family of God the temple of God we've already talked about today the bride of Christ we are the body of Christ never is the church referred to as a building but as a people gathered together in Christ himself and so we come into this building it's a wonderful building but this is not the church you are the church of Jesus Christ we need to recognize that we need to be connected to his plan. The scripture says in uh, all of these epistles in the New Testament are written to local churches or to local leaders of the churches. And I've said this before to some congregations, I don't know if I've told you before, but if you're reading the epistles in the New Testament and you're not a part of a local church, you're reading somebody else's mail. You shouldn't be reading those unless you're connected to the body of Christ. When Paul wrote to the churches, he said, now pass this letter on to the other churches. They've read one another's mail because it's so important for us to read the epistles and find out God's plan for us. We need to follow God's purpose and God's plan. And so we need to read those things. The gifts of God are giving for the blessing of the local church. And I've listed three of them here. There are just three major gifting sections within the New Testament. There are the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians. There are the uh, motivational gifts in Romans chapter 12. And then in Ephesians, there are the ministry gifts. And I just want to take a few minutes at the end here and say these giftings are given to every one of us that we might function as living members one of another. That's what he wants to do with each one of us. So first of all, the spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, you can read this. Uh, it says there, but to each one, in verse seven, is given the manifestation of the Spirit for what? For the common good. Not for you, but for others. Other people in the body of Christ. God manifests his Spirit within us so that other people can be blessed. Isn't that amazing? We often think, Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. Do this, do this, do that. That's not bad, but would you start praying for one another in the same way? 
Lord, would you bless that one, bless that one, help that one, encourage that one. In fact, use me to do that. That's what he calls us to do, get involved within his church. Verse number 12 says, For even as a body is one, and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, many are one body, so also is Christ. We know that Jesus Christ is one body. Do we know that the church is also one body? We're just different members of this one body that God has brought together. Verse 27 goes on and says, Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. That's what he's called us to be, individual members of his body, being discipled by him and discipling others in this wonderful living community that God has brought us together with. It goes on in that plan in Romans chapter 12, the motivational gifts. It says in verse number four, we have many members in one body and all the members do not have the same function. We who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another and then it goes through those different things prophecy serving teaching all of those different gifts that he's given to us you know I used to think this God is here and he's giving me a gift I think my main gift is teaching I have other gifts but that's the main gift I believe that God has given to me but when I see that he's given me a teaching ministry you know who that's for it's not for me it's for anybody that will listen. <laughs> anybody that will hear the teachings that God has. It's really God here, I'm in the middle, but the one that is really receiving the gift are the people that are receiving. That's how he works in the body of Christ. And so we're connected with his plan. And then the last one is simply this. In Ephesians chapter number four, the ministry gifts, it says he gave some as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, the only reason for pastors in this church is to equip the body of Christ. That's what he's called us to do. Equip the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, not the pastors, elders, deacons, no, by what every joint supplies according to the power that we sang about this morning Working in each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Let me tell you, Pastor Dan is our lead pastor. We have other pastors, we have other deacons, we have other elders. They're all actively involved in the ministry of the church. But let me tell you, the Word of God says every one of you that know Jesus have been called to ministry. He's given you spiritual gifts. He's given you motivational gifts. He's given you the gift of pastors so that you might be equipped for this last part, that you might be actively involved. And the way that you do it is inviting people, talking to people, praying for people, encouraging people, doing all of the things that God has called us to do, and they will come to know Jesus because of you, the real ministers of the Church of Jesus Christ. May God bless you as you continue to find his purpose, his direction, his plan for your life. It's wonderful. Heavenly Father, thank you. You brought us together for more than we could imagine. You've equipped us in a way that beyond our abilities. Lord, it's not us, but it's you working in us to accomplish your purposes, your plans, your life, not only for us, but for other people around us. 
give you thanks, Jesus, for all that you are and all that you do. Amen. Amen.